All right. This book is Flow by Mihal Csikszentmihalyi. This is a book on how to create ecstasy without drugs. Ecstasy meaning being in a state that it's almost euphoric. And he does a great job of, of, of how to find that in your, in your work, in your life, in the, in the way you spend your time. And thank you for the reviews and ratings and sharing our, our show. It's growing. Please uh, feel free, and I'd be honored and privileged if you would rate and share this show as many people as you can. Uh, we're trying to grow, and enjoy this episode. What I really needed was to recreate myself, which means to bring something new into the world that has never existed before. What if we could create ecstasy without drugs? Hmm. How interesting, right? Yeah. Mihal I talks about this in Flow which is the psychology of optimal experiences. Uh, it's a word that's kicked around a lot. And he describes this concept of how to get into flow. It's something you can do deliberately without drugs. Right. Did you ever take ecstasy, Steve? I have not yet. I, I mean, I'm, I plan on it. Do you know what ecstasy means? It's a Greek word. It actually means to stand next to something. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. It was like, to, like you're observing it. Not oh, like, wow, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, so flow is a state of optimal living that a lot of things happen, but one thing that, that happens is that time doesn't pass and you're in this zone. I mean, it's been referred to as the zone. And he talks about that because he was a little boy that grew up um, in the communist belt. I think he's from... Um, oh, I forget where he's from, but that was actually an interesting part that started off the book for me when he talks about his reasoning to mm. find flow was he, he noticed some people dealt with the war right? Uh, and they were still happy. And he was like, what is that? And I love those points because he, would you say he's like the godfather of flow? He's like, he really made it popular. Oh yeah. He, he's, he studied, uh, he studied psychology, but he, you know, he emigrated uh, here mm. and to escape the communist, he got on a train as people were, were, he was saying goodbye to people, most of which they, they died in the war. But a lot of people are having difficulties dealing with the war, and some dealt with it better. And he believed that a person can make themselves happy or they can make themselves miserable, right. regardless of what's actually happening outside, by just changing the contents of their consciousness. And you've got to kind of have your antennas up to understand what flow is, because we've all been in flow. If we're little kids, we're in flow when you play. Kids play. And time doesn't elapse. They're completely focused. They're like in their own little world. That's flow. And when we get around 14 years old, for some reason, we stop playing. We become adults and we stop playing. We lose touch with flow. And the world gives us this algorithm to go to school, get good grades, go to good college, do well, get a good job, retire, uh, raise a family, get a mortgage, maybe go on vacation a week or two a year, and then make a lot, lot of money, which is the game that life gives you. The society gives you the game where you're supposed to make a lot of money. But the reality is that may not be where you need to be because there is a study in the very beginning. He talks about that money, more money doesn't equate to more happiness. Mm-hmm. Money has doubled and tripled over the last three decades in every single study. That's going up in a straight line. People are making more money, but they're not getting any more happy. Lack of resources and opportunity and things that help you live 
contribute to unhappiness, but having an abundance of all those things do not contribute to your happiness. What contributes to your happiness is being in a world of flow. So we're going to dive into what flow is and you know what it isn't. And a lot of people, I mean, struggle with that. This is, this is by the way, he, he, he studied, uh, he was talking about how when he was broke one day, he wandered into a seminar. Some guy was talking about Martians and, mm-hmm. and uh, he said about this in his TED Talk. And he, he said, he's talking, listen to this guy. He's talking about the psychology of how people are dealing with the war and how people, some people are doing well and some people aren't. It was the beginning of his journey into psychology. It was Carl Jung. He yes. wandered into a free Carl Jung seminar. Wow. Um, you know, the father of uh, psychology. But he also studied Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, Viktor Frankl, thinking about when you find um, meaning in suffering, like Viktor Frankl's case, like that meaning creates a relief from suffering, but it also gives you an opportunity to to do something that you love to do that gives you flow. Uh, a lot of people don't like their jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally hate their jobs, and they're not in a flow experience and optimal experience when they're at work and they spend most of their lives doing that. So that's, that's so. the big issue, uh, that, that, uh, you know, that I wanted to talk about <clears throat> in flow. How'd you like the book? I loved it. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me that kind of, I wanted to touch on while you were on it was the pleasure versus enjoyment. And that really stood out because pleasure mm. is instant. It's what you, it's biological. It's to help you survive. And it's like right. eating pizza or sugar. And the distinction he makes is the enjoyment is helps you grow. So even though they're both pleasurable experiences, the enjoyment helps you grow. And that's what flow is all about. And that's what like true happiness is. And people mistake the two a lot. Right. Yeah. I was reading, um, I was reading a piece of a Greek mythology and it was a story. It's called, uh, Hercules, I think it was it was Hercules meets the two goddesses, and he's wandering through the the uh, the woods, and he, these two goddesses come up, and one of them is this beautiful goddess who almost looks made up, like she's mm-hmm. like she's been airbrushed, like a selfie, and she's almost too good to be true, and she says, "Hey Hercules, my name's Eudaimonia, and if you come with me, life will be easy. There'll be no struggle. It'll be all pleasure." And you won't have to do anything, and everything's going to be great. All right, you got everything you need to be happy and successful. The real name of that goddess was Vice, mm. because it was a fake. It was a fake journey, and the other goddess was not as good looking, but more beautiful, more original, more mm. natural. And she said, "Come with me, Hercules. We're going to work. We're going to have failure. You're going to struggle. You're going to learn. You're going to grow." And you're going to become the happiest you can possibly be. And that goddess's name was Arate. Wow. And Arate means self-mastery. And self-mastery <laughs> comes from challenges. And what Flo does very nicely, he outlines in the books, is the access between the challenge and the skill. Mm-hmm. When you have a challenge that is so low that is not a challenge, it becomes an apathetic experience and then when you have a challenge that is too hard that your skill can't cover, you have anxiety. And when you have a challenge that it's easy and you, and you always win, you have boredom. Right. So people are either anxious or bored because they haven't designed a stadium where the challenge is enough that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you put the effort in every single time. And when you're in those places, that's flow. 
Think about like playing playing a, a game of tennis where you never win. Yeah. Or a game, an opponent in a game of tennis that you always beat. Right. Neither of those things are any fun. It's always like playing someone that you're always challenged. And I did this in golf. Like some people you could never beat or or they or you'd always beat them. Yeah. And that's what makes golf so awesome because golf has actually what's called a handicap system. Right. So golf gives you a handicap so that when you play someone and they're six strokes better than you, you get six strokes at the beginning of the match. So you're always matched up well. And when you're in flow and you're playing in a match where somebody is uh, handicapped correctly so it's a good challenge every single time, that will create what's called flow, and that's autotelic. That's funny. Autotelic means a self-goal. Like the, the goal of winning is embedded in the event. Like mountain climbing for a lot of people creates flow because it requires a lot of concentration. Right. There's tons of feedback and... The, the skill match a lot of times is it's dangerous and a little hard. Um, you know, of course, unless you just walking up a hill that you can easily walk up to, but it creates that autotelic experience that, that, um, that perfect match, which gives you what's called ecstasy and ecstasy is comes from the Greek word word that means to stand next to something like you're observing it. Right. Isn't that cool? Super cool. That's why a lot of people spend five hours, seven hours playing golf because golf, because of the handicap system, creates a challenge for every single player, unless they're, I don't know if you ever heard this, some people lie about their handicap <laughs> in golf, they lie about their scores to, yeah. to literally give themselves an unfair advantage over the player they're playing with. Right. I mean, who in the world would play that game? I don't know. It's interesting that they come up with the handicap rule so that way it almost reintroduces flow. It's like, okay, you guys are different skills, here's a way we can kind of reintroduce flow into it. Of course, if, you, if they didn't have the handicap system, golf wouldn't be golf. Yeah. I mean, there's, there'd be a, some professional golfers that are, that's like playing Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. The difference between Major League Baseball and golf is you can play golf until you're 90 years old, 100 years old, and have a handicap. You can get 30 strokes, for example, against Tiger Woods, which means you start in the first hole and you're 30 <laughs> under par and Tiger Woods is teeing yeah. up one. Crazy. So you have a 30-point head start, and then as the, as the course goes on and the 18 holes plays out, that match should be even mathematically yeah. at the end. So if you play better than you normally play, <laughs> you'd beat Tiger Woods, <laughs> unless he plays better than he normally yeah. plays. But it's, it's a challenge every single time, which field. is the sweet spot of flow. Yeah. What stories did you like from the book? Uh, I don't know if he had an exact story for this one, but I love he said life goals are irrelevant. So life goals are irrelevant, so it's good to set one, meaning like they, they're so big and they're so hard to obtain that they're, mm. it's great to set one. And I feel very strongly about that with my dunking thing because right. it's something that's so hard to achieve, but it makes me, one, get into flow state all the time, but also it's something I can never... It's like we talk about mastery. It's something I'm constantly working at, yeah. and the benefits of working at it include everything from mind to body. So it's so he says, set those giant goals because mm-hmm. they help you reach that flow state more often. They help you learn. They help you grow, and that's right. a great way to live. Oh, yeah. Good goal setting is a big part of flow. If you want to get flow in your life, you create a goal that is a challenge for you to achieve and it's not too hard so you don't create anxiety or failure and it's not too easy so you're not bored with it. Like right. I want to make X number of dollars uh, right now and, and let's say it's what, and I used to do planning with people all the time. So what do you want to make this year? And they'd say, oh, I want to make a 4% cost of living adjustment. So you want to live the same year next year that you live this year over. So you're going to waste one year of your life and live it exactly the same as you lived last year. 
create a goal for yourself. And money isn't the only reason. It could be the same amount of money with 20 more hours a week off. Right. Like that would be a challenge. How do you make the same amount of money with half the time? Yeah. That would be a kind of a cool challenge. But the goal's got to fit. The, 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 um, the challenge has to be enough so it gets your attention, not too easy, so it bores you. Yep. Just a simple idea. I like the story about that he talked about the Indians um, in the Shashup Nation of uh, the region of Canada where it was very plentiful. So the elders moved to a spot, and they have to for survival purposes. They moved to a spot where there's plenty of food, plenty of water, plenty of resources to make uh, shelters. But they still, every several years, would move the camp mm-hmm. to create a new challenge yeah. for, the, for, the, for, the, for the people so they wouldn't get bored. You know, new places to build homes, new places to explore, new places to get uh, fresh food. Uh, I think that's an example of flow. You don't want to be in the same pot if you're a plant your whole life. Right. You should be repotting yourself, you know, putting yourself in a new world and a new stadium uh, with a new game. That's yeah. kind of a cool... Uh, Another really cool thing that I that he mentioned that I never I, I haven't heard anywhere else, which was, you know, you lose a sense of time. That's a big part of flow state yeah. is like time doesn't. But he yeah. says what happens is time adapts to you. So w- whether you're doing something, it's I've never heard it put that way. I've heard you lose a sense of time. You mm-hmm. lose track of time. You could be in the flow state for hours, but it's because time's adapting to you. It's like whatever you need to accomplish this goal, time adapts. And that's a really interesting way to put it. Well, it, you know, T- time is a big thing. A lot of people, people are, are, are killing time, like bored, playing with their phones. Or, uh, and he, he puts that in the, in the, in the, on the matrix of low level of challenge, low level of skill, complete apathy. Mm-hmm. You know, scrolling on Facebook doesn't, co- doesn't require any skill, doesn't, isn't, certainly isn't any challenge. You're just absorbing content and killing time. If you're in a world where you're killing your time, you're not in a flow experience. So the one thing that I learned from Tiny Habits and I talk about it all the, all, the, all the time, is that there's two ways to, to change anything, to change your behavior. He's a behavioral scientist. Number one is change your environment. So change your environment from an environment where there is no challenge and or the challenge is too hard to an environment where the challenge and the skill meet your, your ability and challenge you to an autotelic experience, something yes. where the goal is embedded. A new job, a new a new relationship, new a new place to live, a new community to, to make friends in and grow in. That's that's kind of an ultimate way to transform is to change your actual environment. Secondarily, if you can't do that, do tiny things to change yourself. And that's yes. in tiny habits, little things you can change. You know, take up a new sport, learn a new language, meet a new friend, yes, terminate a bad relationship. Those are all great ways to create momentum which i think creates flow as well yeah and he, like back to what i was saying about the life goals the reason why they're important which what you're talking about is he says this he says the meaning of life is progress and that's done by continually bordering the line of the mm-hmm. known with the unknown shaping your abilities and improving them over time so a big part of this book and flow in itself is purely for growth right. and that's what you were saying is like when you're terminating relationship that's for your own growth when you're doing these different things you're always trying to be your better self and it's it's a, that's what he says life goals are irrelevant so set a life goal and if you have these life goals you're always getting better because you're trying to achieve such a high goal sweet yeah i'm just gonna give you my memory device for flow it's a it's a, an acronym right it's something that spells a word and the word is simfest hmm. c-i-m-f-e-s-t 
And these are the seven attributes of a flow experience. Seven things that make up a flow experience. Number one, there's a clear end goal. The outcome and the goal is embedded in the task. That's what's called autotelic. It's Greek for self-goal. Number two, I, instant feedback. It's something that gives you instant feedback, like rock climbing. Unfortunately, video games do that quite well. But there's other things in life, like a, a, a sporting event. Uh, M, it's got to match the skill and the challenge need to be in that sweet spot. Can't be too easy, can't be too hard. It's got to match it. It's got to be a challenge. F is, it requires focus. It requires all your attention. You can't be scrolling or multitasking, it requires all your attention to succeed. And E, it's got to offer transcendence. It's got to offer an ability to escape forward to possibility instead of backwards into pain. And that's a big part of flow, particularly when it's in regard to relieving anxiety. S is uh, you can't be self-conscious about it. It's something you can freely do with your expression without judgment. And T, last, is time. Time goes by like nothing. You don't know where it went, um, which is ecstasy. It creates an environment like you're almost observing yourself doing it. You enjoy it so much. It's wild. Yeah, that's SimFest. That's the way to learn about flow. And flow, a lot of people get flow from creativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll just, I'll just kind of close by saying that some people uh, get flow out of being creative and we just did that that last podcast about the 18 things highly creative right. people do, remember? And what are those things, right? They, they, you know, highly creative people ask big questions of themselves. They ask big questions of the world. Highly creative people spend time alone thinking things. I think to get flow, you need to do some research and some reflection on what it is and, and do some back testing. What did I enjoy doing? What did I not enjoy doing? In your own job right now, can you make your own world better before you give up on it? I was going to say, yeah, when, you, when you're talking about work and it's, if it's not giving you that sense of flow and you don't know what you enjoy, because I think that what you mm. said was a big one is that if you find things you enjoy, that's a great indicator you're achieving flow. But if you don't mm. enjoy it, you got to ask yourself, why don't I enjoy it? And for me, like in my last job, it was because I didn't have that bigger purpose. Like even right. though I was achieving things and making progress, I felt like to, to do what? Like it wasn't, it wasn't really making me better. It didn't feel like it was making the world better. It just felt like a, a task and it wasn't hitting that flow state for me. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now called Life's Big Question. And the big question is, what can I do to the world? Is that Martin Luther King? Uh, what was no, it? it's uh, Tom Rath. Tom Rath. He wrote uh, Strength Finder. Well, I love it. Oh, it's a very short that. book. It's, very, it's the next book for our, for our show. But he says people can't be anything they want, but they can be more of who they are. Mm, love that. And he, before you give up on your current life and you say, oh, I need flow. I'm going to quit my job and move to, to uh, Costa Rica. <laughs> You don't have to do that. Just look at a world. Ask your current employer or the people in your current life, if you're an entrepreneur, like what can we do that get, puts us in flow more? And Daniel Pink talks about flow, by the way, in, uh, in Drive, Drive 3.0. Like people want intrinsic value yeah. to their lives. People want transcendence. People want contribution. There's more to it than money. Money doesn't make you happier. So make yourself better first in your own world. How can you be more of who you are or make it make the transformation to who exactly you want to be in your own world. I'll give you a quick example. I have a friend who sells alcohol, yeah. liquor, and she's concerned about, you know, maybe she wants to travel someday. Mm-hmm. And she works for a, an alcohol brand. Uh, I don't drink alcohol, but I said, well, 
it's an international brand. I said, why don't you approach your employer about going on a six-month sabbatical Ooh. and videotaping content all over the world sh- showing the, the use of the product? Maybe that'll be a wonderful way to kind of get some flow right. and get some new ideas, new creativity, new experiences. That would be a very interesting way to potentially make it. And she's very happy where she is, but mm-hmm. you know, it could be very interesting to somebody. You don't have to be unhappy to try to create flow. Some people don't like their job, but there's another level out there of ecstasy. All right. So thinking about it, making observation, connecting dots is all about flow. Remember this. This is from Howard Gardner's book. You know, don't ask yourself, how smart am I? Ask yourself, how am you? How am I smart? Right. That's the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's something that you're really good at, really gifted at. Like the musicians create flow with music. Artists create flow with um, you know, what they paint and what they build. Architects do it through structure. There's lots of ways to create flow. Entrepreneurs do it through creating products. Learn a world where you can create more flow for yourself. And you'll find that flow will increase your happiness, not money. Beautiful. All right. Take care.